Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Hi everyone! If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe for free on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Greener Side Podcast, your guide to all things immigration with me, Kring Lakson. Many of you have been asking for us to cover Germany again. Mabenta ang episode natin about student visas in Germany with Dipahe. And of course, this time we are returning there. We have found an interviewee. Her name is Karen Banzon. She's 32 years old, but she moved to Berlin, Germany, last 2017 under a regular work visa as a UX designer. Nag-change na siya ng jobs and now she is a head of product of OLX. Social. Thank you so much, Karen, for being with us today. Welcome to The Greener Side. Thank you, Kring. Happy to be here. Yes, happy to uh, have you also. Nakulala na sa ating mga aspiring kababayans na talaga namang gusto magpunta ng Germany. So give us a background about yourself and how you were able to go there in the first place. Okay, where do we start? I'm from QC, Metro Manila. Background is in engineering and design. And I've actually been with my current company since 2013. <laughs> so I was able to have a lot of opportunities moving horizontally, mga, mga roles adjacent to design and web development. I think that's also eventually what opened up the opportunity to move to one of our global teams in Germany. Ayun. And then work is how I got here. Was a bit sad. The opportunity opened up because the product and engineering team was going to get, you know, shut down because of some global strategy changes. But for some of us also, it was the opportunity to, to move abroad and apply for some other offices. Oh, so was this an inter or intra company move or your yeah. sister offices nila ganon? Yeah, and that played a part. We can talk about it more later. That played a part with the last step of the move. So technically, it was an intra company move, but kasi whenever you move, para ka start ng new contract because of different legal entities. Mm, yeah, right. And okay, so you were able to go there. Under a regular work visa, which mm-hmm. I am assuming is the same, kumbaga, default work visa yeah. ng mga nagpupunta sa Germany from overseas. Yeah, it's the regular work visa. Although it's not usually the one most people go for when coming from non-EU countries, unless you are one of the specialized roles that they're looking for, like healthcare or like iba siya dun sa visa ng mga seamen. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So this is more for uh, professionals and ano ba, mga skilled workers. Yeah, it's mo- it's for skilled workers, but it's different from the blue card kasi actually blue card yung usual visa ng mga people, for example, working in tech or in some other professional fields, but 
for some people, like where, for example, your degree is not recognized by that country or some other reason, then you just get the regular one. Okay, so could you uh, shed light again? What is the difference ng regular and the blue uh, card? So for the for the requirements, you know, it, it's there. There's a bit of a difference in requirements. Uh, I think I guess educational attainment and what profession you're looking for, and I think also with the blue card, there's a minimum salary that you have to get. And then in terms naman of the, the <laughs> I don't know if we should call it benefits, but with a blue card, I believe you can get a permanent residence quicker. I forgot if it's 18 or 21 months, but if you pick up German, it's it's faster with the blue card as opposed to the regular work visa, which I think is five years, but they recently shortened it to four years to convert it into a permanent residence visa. Oh, okay. If I am getting this right, kumbaga the blue card is a tier above. Kind of. It, it, kind of. Tapos kapag parang may certain salary bandwidth siya, if naabot mo tong salary na to, you get the blue card. Otherwise, it's the regular work visa. Yeah, although it's not just the salary plus all the other requirements of the blue card. It's not automatic na once you reach a certain salary threshold, it gets converted into a blue card. Mm, okay, I see. All right, for anybody who wants to know more about the difference, we will put that link in the show notes for you to compare. Karen, tell us about this regular work visa that you hold. Yun yung nakuha mo. So for anybody who gets this, ano yung mga karapatang pangtao? What rights does it give them? The regular work visa. Actually, when you apply for the visa, they just give you an entry visa to Germany. And then you convert it not to a visa anymore, but to a regular work permit when you get here. And then it allows you to hold residence here. Of course, you can travel within the Schengen countries. And then it allows you to work legally in Germany. After two years, it's not tied anymore to your original employer. This is automatic. So in the beginning, if you're not able to hold that job for two years, I think you would have a few months to find a new one in case it was expiring so that it can be extended. But after two years, you can go with any employer without any repercussions, not to your visa. Although I do believe you have to stay within the same field, like adjacent to the original field. Okay, so again, this regular work visa, you are talika sa employer mo for the first two years. But after that, you have the open, kumbaga, open visa wherein you can apply to any job and you're not tied to your employer as long as it's on the same field. Yep. Yeah. What is the process? Kung ako gusto kong makakuha nitong visa na to, what is the process that I have to undergo? Okay, so the visa process. There's two ways to get it if you're coming from the Philippines. One is to work with an agency. This is the common way. And this is actually the preferred way of the Philippines. And then the other one is a, they call it a direct hire. I went through the direct hire method because I was already hired by the company. It wasn't like there was an agency placing me in a company abroad. I guess the big steps were, number one, collecting the documents. I'll get to that in a bit. Getting the actual visa, passing the interview and going to the embassy. And then the third is navigating this whole thing that has to do with the OEC, Overseas Employment Certificate, and all of the other stuff you have to do 
not for the destination country anymore, but just to get out of the Philippines. So this is the stuff that POEA, Polo, Dole, uh, the stuff you need to navigate with them. Okay, so to be able to apply for this, first there is the path that you go to na you join an agency at sila yung maghahanap ng trabaho para sa'yo o kaya ikaw yung mismo mag-apply for jobs yeah. in in your own time and luckily yeah, you yeah. get, yeah, if you're lucky, you get a job. For the documents naman, ano naman yung kakailanganin mo? Yeah. Okay, so the standard requirements are, of course, your passport, the, the job offer, the contract, if it's there already. The contract in particular has to be Red ribbon, or I think they call it apostille these days. So the one that's signed by either the polo of that country or the consulate from that country. Uh, a guarantee of health insurance, guarantee of travel insurance. And in my case, I needed to also have prepared a pre-approval from the German Bundesagentur for Arbeit or Federal Agency for Work. So this helps. It's not required, but it's really helpful because if you have this pre-approval, the visa process can be shorter because they don't have to check with that agency anymore when you do your work. And this is something that the employer can get for you. So basically, my path was that my employer was sponsoring my relocation to Germany. So they had put together all of this and then... They also helped with some letters of support from our immigration agency. And then I also had, had to add things like CV, portfolio, summary of future responsibilities, and then recommendation letters. Okay. Regarding the contract that you said has to be red ribboned, where did you say again this could be red ribboned? Uh, you get this either from the Philippine Overseas Labor Office one of the Philippine Overseas Labor Offices abroad, or the consulate. The consulate of Germany in Manila. Ah, no. In the consulate in Germany. Ah, the consulate. Not in Manila, yeah. Ah, so yung so, contract na manggagaling sa employer, dapat sila yung magre-red ribbon yeah, for you. Yeah, a lot of work. They had to send me a lot of things by post, like this, and then we had to show it at the visa appointment. Ah, yeah, yeah. I remember our interviewee for the student thesis detailing me about this really slow process. Na, slow. <laughs> na hindi digital, talagang physical yeah. uh, copies ang kailangan nila. The other requirement that you said, the pre-approval from uh, the German Federal Agency for Work. What exactly mm-hmm. is this and where can we get it? You get it directly from this uh, federal agency and then it's also your company that has to get it from there. It is basically a document saying that your role and you are required and valuable to the company because of certain specific things. It's a bit of an explainer about why you, not another German citizen. Mm, Okay. Yeah, that's understandable. Of course, the government or immigration will question why did you have to hire someone from overseas? Wala bang mga Germans dyan who can get the job? Exactly. Yeah. For the guarantee of health and travel insurance, is it your employer as well who provides that or is it you? It depends. So in this case, my employer was sponsoring the relocation. So they did provide this for me. If they didn't, I would have had to get one of those health or travel insurances that that you can get online. I see. Yeah. So it's not a guarantee that it's your employer who will relocate you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pero siguro naman most of the time sila, di ba? Gusto ka nila Most eh. of the time. It's, it's really harder if they don't. I, I was 
able to get in touch with a couple of people who did it on their own. So I was helping them. It's either your employer doesn't do it or your employer doesn't know how to do it, even if they want to. So <laughs> it's not even guaranteed that your employer knows how to do the entire process. Even for my case, I had to research a lot of our local processes. So they, they had the German side, like they were on top of it, but they had difficulty navigating POEA Dole as well. We can get to that later. Yeah, yeah, let's let's get to that now. Yung sabi mo nga, o- OEC requirements, POEA. Yeah. Ang narinig ko is pahirapan talaga. Makaalis ng Pilipinas minsan. Ayaw kang paalisin. So yes. tell us about this this OEC process. Okay, so usually kasi they have a process where OFWs or people about to become OFWs, they give you the Overseas Employment Certificate. So... They prepared this process so that Filipinos wouldn't get abused and they would have things like solid contracts that protect them. This is the foundation of that process. And only recently has it been maybe starting to adjust a little bit for other types of workers moving abroad or for professionals. This is the whole reason uh, sometimes employers might decide to work with an agency even if they've already hired you, just to make this process smoother. They didn't in my case, so we had to go through the whole direct hire exemption because there is actually a ban on direct hires. So if you are, yeah, there is a ban. And if you are a direct hire, you have to kind of apply for exemption. And then you have to present your case. You have to go through some many steps within in between POEA, DOLE, POLO to get this exemption. I think once a month they release, okay, here are the people exempted from the direct hire ban. You can proceed with getting your OEC. That's how it works. Wow. Yeah. All right. Who is banning the direct hires? Is it Philippines or Germany? It's Philippines. Yeah. Do you know why they're banning it? I think it might be because for many cases of the OFWs, they really prefer working with agencies. So obviously, it's not ideal if you're, I don't know, a blue collar worker, Mm -hmm. even a more highly skilled professional, because companies naman don't do sketchy stuff when you're a professional worker and you have good contracts and everything. And it's usually above and beyond the requirements of the POEA, but you still have to apply for this exemption. Oh, wow. Okay. Now that we know this, because I didn't know this before, for all of our listeners who want to know how exactly you could do this, well, we will have to put a link in the show notes for you because I also didn't know about this. But yeah, you can just check the link in the show notes for information about how you could apply for that and what exactly it is. And yeah, how long did the process, the whole process take for you, Karen? The whole process started from early March, March 10. And then I was able to leave the country June 25th, 2017. So pretty fast, but also like I could have left earlier. And we'll get to that like in in a minute. So maybe around March, I started my preparation, research and coordination with an immigration agency that the company was working with. And then maybe a month and a half later, we began also preparations for the relocation logistics, meaning the shipments of stuff that I would be bringing to Germany. Around May 8th was when they were able to get me an appointment at the German embassy. I couldn't book it myself via the online booking because it was full or it was like 
the next booking was August and that was way too late already. Our immigration agency had to coordinate with the German embassy in the Philippines to be able to get me a slot. And also for, for the listeners, if you are working with a company or even if you're a student, this is something that companies or schools can do for you. If you have any trouble booking appointments with the German embassy, they can reach out to the embassy to help get you in a better appointment. So yeah, from March 10 to May 8, that was how long it took to get an interview. I prepared everything. I, I showed up at the embassy. And then two days later, I got the call that the visa is approved. The interview itself was not very, it was anticlimactic. It wasn't so exciting. They were just looking through the documents, but also we had prepared the documents really well. We even had sticky notes saying what this is. This They appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans. Oh, of course, Germans. <laughs> yeah. Where was I? May 10. Got the call that the visa is approved and they requested me to submit my passport to the embassy for issuance. So they don't do that thing where they take your passport during your visa application. Immediately, I did that and I also immediately started organizing what to do with the POEA. May 17, I received a passport with a visa. The visa type is the entry visa, six months, and then you're supposed to convert it to the work residence permit when you arrive in Germany. From that day, May 10th, until June 15th, that's over a month, I was then navigating this POEA dole bureaucratic nightmare. And I was hopping around for a while until I finally found someone who could give me good guidance about my case. It was crazy. They actually lost my papers between the two of them. And they, they didn't know mm. until I called both of them. Oh my gosh. And, and this was, <laughs> it was super stressful. I was lucky my office was in Ortigas. So it's near to POEA. I could just walk to POEA. But when I found out that they lost my papers, this was when I got triggered to just go there and find someone who can advise me. And this is when I learned that there are a lot of gray areas not covered by our current processes. So I guess for anyone navigating this, try to get in touch with someone there because sometimes you get stuck or you get passed around between departments, between people, and you don't get a straight answer. Maybe it's because you're, you're one of the gray cases. And it was in my case because I was not a new hire, but kind of technically I had to have a new contract. So I got advice from someone in POEA to just get documents from my local HR to indicate that I'm doing an inter-office transfer. She told me to just process my OEC in the country of destination. It's not really required to have the OEC yet at the time of leaving. But of course, it makes it more difficult. You have to have other things that help you get out of the country. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Wow. That sounds like a really mahirap. Mahirap na process, a lot of back and forth, and a lot of time consumed. POEA and DOLE. What exactly is the difference between these two, why can't you just go to one of them? Why both? The POEA is was built to handle these processes, but the DOLE is the approver of certain pieces of things that they implement. Oh. So, yeah, and that's why. <laughs> and like, for example, the direct hire ban, the one that issues approvals is actually DOLE. That's who you have to get the approval from, and then POEA just publishes it. 
That's okay. why you have to go back and forth between these two agencies. Okay. Wow. Okay. So it's good to know that that our kababayans have to do prior research because if they do happen to get a job from overseas, you will have to navigate this. I've heard of people who cannot leave the country because they don't have these documents. Yes, it's true. These documents don't matter at the destination country. They only matter when you're going through, what, what do you call those lines at our airport? The, yeah, the, I forgot. That's just the airport. Yeah, the airport <laughs> when they check all your documents. Yeah, you delegate no stamp sa, ano mo, sa passport. Mo. Yes, <laughs> I've heard people moving here and I, I know a couple that just to get around this because also the they couldn't get any real help. They booked flights to somewhere in Southeast Asia and then just proceeded from there. Because within Southeast Asia, we can travel without visa issues, diba. So they would book like flights to Malaysia or flights to Singapore and then go from there. Wow. Okay. Good, good life tip. Oh, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, Karen. So what are the industries that are more in demand of uh, global talent? Obviously, one is tech. But also, it's nice to think that tech isn't just, not nowadays at least, tech isn't just engineers or product managers because tech companies are also getting more and more diverse. Sometimes they might need people who are good with graphics, good with content, uh, good with marketing. There are many, I think, transferable, transferable skills that are now more applicable ac- across tech. In Germany in particular, they also have a lot of demand for the healthcare industry. So it's not just nurses, but also caregivers. And we have very, very skilled people coming from our country here. Other than that, other areas that are in demand are the academe. But of course, you might have to, I don't know, take up further studies. Or if you're already in the academe, find a, find a university to host you. So research, doctoral candidates, these are always in demand. And one interesting industry is finance. Uh, and we're apparently really, really good at it. I've heard, at least from, from my company, they really, really like working with Filipinos. I don't know <laughs> if it's the way we teach our accountants and, and other adjacent uh, professions, but this is a high demand field. And it's actually combines tech plus finance because there's also a lot of fintech companies here. There's many, many other industries. The problem usually is if the companies are big enough to be able to relocate global talents. Mm, Okay. But that's very encouraging to know that there are quite a few skills that are needed in there. And I like the point that you said that these are, there are so many transferable skills. If you, are not in any of these fields. It doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean that uh, you have to look in another country. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. 
LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because I'm pretty sure that mga kababayan, whatever your job is, you will have skills there which you can transfer to these industries if you so desire. Yeah. By the way, I wasn't able to ask, do you know if there are any additional requirements now that COVID has ha- happened post-COVID with these uh, work visa applications? Uh, Post-COVID, not really. Just the usual tests related to your transit, but it doesn't affect the visa process. After I left, though, the there's more red tape around the agencies and getting the OEC. And there are still many gray areas or cases not catered for by the processes of the POEA. Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, that's good to know again. And I think what we can take away from this is that an agency does help and it yes. is better. It might be more expensive because, of course, you have to pay agency fees. Mm-hmm. But then again, it will. Uh, I think you pay for the assurance that if they take you in and they apply for you, you will get the visa. Yes, and it's really expensive. It's ideally one of the costs covered by your future company. Good. Great. That's great. If they cover it, if they cover everything and you just have to sit back and relax and maybe just give your documents and not have to navigate the OEC requirements, then that's fabulous. Hi, this is Aeen Bernos, the brown girl behind Morena the Label and Ideology Studio, also known as Aeen Pero Tagalog on TikTok. And this is Riza Lana Sebastian, the serial entrepreneur behind Lana PH, Mink PH, Sala Ala PH, Ambush Clothing, and Bim Manila. Come listen to Camp Confidence Radio, a podcast about confidence, self-improvement, and success. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Till then, stay confident. Karen, can you tell me, you know, there are all of these jobs that are in demand in Germany, many skills that we Filipinos apply there. Yeah. But uh, do you actually need to know German before ah. you get there? Okay. It depends on the company. It depends on the university you might be working at. Similar to looking for a master's degree or a PhD, I guess. There are some companies that have a working environment that speaks primarily English, like mine. We don't actually speak German very much because we're a very diverse company. However, if you do want to increase the chances of you know being able to apply for roles, German is definitely 
very helpful. Although I'm not sure it helps with getting a role from abroad. Since mm. if you need to speak German, they would usually look for those roles within Germany. Speaking German mostly helps if you're already in Germany and want to increase or want to change jobs. If coming from abroad, I think the only industries that require you to learn German or it's part of the process to learn German are for people working in healthcare. Okay, well, that's encouraging. Well, it makes sense that if they're looking for a German speaker, these companies, they might as well just look for someone inside of Germany. Yeah. So, yeah. And for you, Naman, how hard was it? navigating this new environment and <laughs> being in a place where I don't think people speak English there at all. So I think we were lucky in Berlin. It's a pretty diverse city. So there's it's a very multicultural city. Um, but definitely there was a language barrier. It wasn't that big of a blocker to communicating or getting stuff done because they they would speak English and they know English. However, it does help to learn German, to be able to communicate with the people you, I don't know, you get your groceries from, or if you need to get a taxi, or if you need to get directions. I was surprised by, I don't know if this is, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, the lack of people mm. on the streets. It's just not as congested. And I was also surprised at the barrage of bureaucracy. And I'm super thankful for all the help I got navigating it. Because when you arrive here, you have to do local registration, which is the thing that unlocks things like opening up banks and all the other paperwork that new residents need. It also helps with finding an apartment and, you know, just everything you need to actually live here. Yeah, 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 right. Because you did say that part of that process of being able to work there is to convert your temporary entry visa into a regular work permit. Yeah. So how are you able to do that? How do you know where to go? Do they contact you or do you, I don't know, how does it go? <laughs> it's a big deal in Berlin. Like there's whole Facebook groups just built around supporting people going through this process. <laughs> <laughs> because you needed to stay, right? Um, mm. But the process was, once you get here, you get your local registration. There is time, you get settled in. Within the period of validity of your visa, in my case, six months, you have to be able to convert this to a residence permit. I just had to, again, collect more papers, go to the Auslanderbehörde, that's the foreign office, and then show up to an appointment and then they will issue your uh, residence permit. You need the same things, your contract, proof that you have an apartment, I guess also proof that you have been paying a bunch of taxes in the months that you were there. That one was not so difficult. There was just a lot of papers to organize. Yeah. <laughs> talagang papers, talagang. Yeah. And what surprised me you know, about countries such as Germany and even France is that I hear there's a lot of red tape, a lot of bureaucratic processes, and it sometimes takes ages for you to get what you want. Is that right? Yeah, sometimes. Para naman sa work culture, Mono, I know you work in a multicultural environment, but how different has it been in there compared to your experience back home? So for work culture, I could say that the environment is much, much more relaxed. 
and really? uh, a okay. bit of a shock <laughs> to mm. me. I mean, coming from, you know, hustle culture in the Philippines and overtime culture and Bebo all the time culture. <laughs> The attitude that I experienced was more balanced and some of the things and habits that I picked up working in the Philippines was not actually behavior that was rewarded or encouraged, like staying late in the office, replying to people on weekends, overworking, being too bibo. Like they're like, hey, chill out. Like that's not sustainable for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do think that my current company might not exactly be representative of German working culture. Um, the experiences of my friends are that some have ultra conservative colleagues and work culture. But this doesn't mean they're overworking. They're even conservative with people working overtime. Like you have to have a good reason to work overtime. I've also heard experiences from friends where their offices were super strict and bureaucratic, especially during COVID times. Mm-hmm. There were very specific rules about how and who was allowed to work from home or work for the office from the office and when. Okay. Wow. It's always good to know that these um, that countries put a premium on work-life balance for people. And it seems like Germany is one of those. Actually, you know what? I've heard of some German stereotypes. <laughs> and I will run them by you. According to our uh, UK interviewee, Christine Abregana, Germans mm-hmm. are very direct to the point. Is that your experience? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I appreciate that because I'm also a direct person. <laughs> Oh, uh, so you're a direct person na talaga. Hindi ka na, ano, hindi ka na hurt nung una, nung mga first experiences mo dyan. Uh, hindi naman. That was one of the things that I appreciated because I felt like I could also then speak my mind, which usually you have to be careful of when you're in the Philippines. Yeah. You have to be super diplomatic about it. Yeah, and... Um, ano pa? Very efficient ang Germans. Yeah, I would say so. They're quite efficient. They can also, well, not the people themselves, but as a culture, they might also tend to over-engineer some processes because of this efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> dapat, oh, dapat mara- may processes within the processes yeah. and such <laughs> to make sure all the boxes are ticked. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the people, what is your experience like? How are they in there? Tell us about them. That was also one of my culture shocks. I remember like a super rainy day when I had just arrived. And then everyone I met was like, nakasimangot. And just like not looking at each other. Nakasimangot walking in the rain. And then quite the opposite on a sunny day when people were like smiling. And they're just like, say, hi, hi. <laughs> um, I would say in general, they're quite nice. There's also a sense of helpfulness. I have seen people help, you know, ladies carrying baby, baby carriages up on up the stairs on the train. They don't even talk to them. They just start carrying it with you, Aww. for you. And then they just walk away. Of Sometimes, of course, they're also friendly. They chit-chat. I felt that sense of community and being helpful without too much drama. I can say, though, that they can take quite a while to warm up. So a lot of my colleagues are not German and some are. With the German ones, it takes some time. And once they warm up to you... Like they really love you and they really check on you. At least that's my, been my experience. Yeah, yeah. Because I heard at least in the neighboring country, France, na medyo parang they like compartmentalizing <laughs> their life. 
na talaga. ang work is work colleagues lang talaga can't be friends but so it take it took a while for your colleagues who are German to warm up to you yeah yeah I would but they say eventually so. did yeah they eventually did yeah and you guys are friends yeah we we are friends <laughs> <laughs> and Oh, nga pala, Karen, because uh, you've been there five years. How long did it take for you to actually become fluent in German? I wouldn't say I'm fluent yet. I can hold the conversation now. I took one series of classes, A2, if, if I remember right, it was A2. But it was mostly honed by, you know, listening to podcasts and actually talking to people. And that took maybe two and a half, three years in the first year, I, I could feel comfortable like ordering food and chit-chatting already. But when when I felt like I could understand what was going on around me, yeah, mga two and a half to three years. And your level is now uh, A2 still or mga B, C? I don't know because I didn't take classes again. Definitely higher than A2 conversationally. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe still A2 because I'm sure I already forgot some grammar stuff that you don't <laughs> use day to day. Yeah, for our listeners' reference, A is kumbaga beginner, A1, A2. Tapos B1, B2 is medyo conversational. And C1, C2 is professional level, business. Yeah, I would say so. Level. How are your kumbaga benefits there? How's your social security? Kumbaga. Social security is very good. It's required by law. <laughs> so they take a huge chunk of your income for taxes and also for your contributions to your health insurance and other social security stuff. It's a lot, but I also do feel the safety net of it. I've never had to pay for anything at the doctor my whole stay here. I also know that if I lose my job and it takes me a while to get a new one, I would have unemployment benefits. Nice. So it's a lot, but it's okay. It's worth it. Yeah. My gosh. Health benefits and unemployment benefits. That's that is all you need to actually be safe, to yeah. feel safe, and to yeah. not be so stressed out if you lose your job or get sick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think yung wellness naman talaga ng tao, ang talagang priority ng bawat government. It's the, it's the same here in New Zealand. We, uh, depending on sa salary namin, we, get, yeah. we pay a certain tax. I heard so, yeah, that the system there is really good. Yeah, parang kapag nasa minimum wage ka, Ang kukunin ng na-tax sa'yo is, I don't know if I'm correct ha, parang mm-hmm. 17.5%. Pero habang tumataas yung salary mo, parang may small changes din. Tinataasan din nila yung tax mo. Basta, ganon. Ganon siya. What's I can't peak? explain it. Oo. Do they have, is there a peak percentage of the tax? Yes, there's a peak percentage which is about siguro 30-ish, 30 plus okay. percent. Oh, parang Philippines. No? Parang Philippines, oo. Yeah. Here, the peak is 43. Oh my gosh. 43. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ang sakit. Pero if you get those benefits, sige, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, same here. We also pay for uh, insurance, for like health insurance and even accident insurance. So kapag yeah. let's say, na, na, ewan ko na, bangga ka ng kotse, yeah. lahat ng rehab mo and everything paid for by the government <laughs> then. It's also a thing here. Yeah, it's also a th- th- thing there. Yeah. Oo. And for the most part, you know, we see all these good parts of Germany. We see that you guys are a really, um, kumbaga, democratic mm-hmm. country. And we only hear nothing but the good stuff in there. Can you shed some light, Karen, on what it's like inside? Yung mga hindi namin nakikita. Can you tell us more about that? So as a foreigner living here, 
I do know that sometimes the lack of knowledge on German labor or German bureaucracy can put people in negative positions. Like you don't know the protections that you're afforded by law in, in the work context. And then because some people don't know that, they're not able to fight for it. It's also stressful, right? Because it's it's even a huge amount of effort just to understand the situation and is the situation okay or not. There are also, at least in Berlin, it's a lot, there's a lot of startups. So when you have a lot of startups, you, you might get people na overburdened with, with office work. Uh, and I know that there are laws, but of course, laws have to be enforced and checked. So sometimes some companies do get away with not following them, especially if they're still small or growing. So that that's not easy for foreigners to navigate sometimes. And then in terms of social issues, I think we also have all of the emerging social issues across the world. There's the growth of right-wing nationalists and neo-Nazis. There's also anti-vaxxers. Then they tend to bleed together sometimes because they usually tend to get triggered by the same issues. <laughs> and that's how they radicalize some of the people who are just, you know, more benign yung pag-aalsa nila. There is also gentrification happening. I think kind of actually part of it because we're foreigners moving in here, taking up space that used to be for locals and things like high real estate costs. That's a thing here in Berlin in particular, but also in some other big cities. I also think Germany is struggling to truly make an impact on the environment. They have some, they are advanced in some cases, but they are also still struggling to divest from the older less environmentally friendly energy sources. I heard there's also a pension bubble looming. So people that are contributing to the pension, parang it's the same situation with the SSS in the mm -hmm. Philippines. There will come a point where the pension can't pay for everyone anymore, especially the current workforce. So maybe the older generation can, they can still afford to pay it, but there might be problems when it comes to our generation's turn getting the pension. <laughs> and of right. course, racism. <laughs> I mean, these are issues that, oh my gosh, where can you not experience these issues? They are abound these days. Yes. And it's like all over the world, it is happening. But are you okay? I mean, you said that racism, of course, racism. Do, mm -hmm. Are you uh, a receiver of this especially or hindi pa naman nangyayari sa'yo? I haven't experienced it directly. I did experience it once or twice when I was hanging out or walking with either some colleagues or fellow Filipinos that had very distinct Asian features. There would be people going like, ha ha, ching chong, huang chong, huang chong. And we're like, what? <laughs> Wrong country. Uh, but it happens and some of them I might not even notice because I'm not that fluent in German or, you know, the subtle, the subtle microaggressions. Maybe I'm not noticing all of it, but it's definitely there. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, naging ano din ako, recipient din ako nito. Although, same with you, parang hindi mo siya alam. Mm. Kasi minsan, sa likod mo rin nangyayari eh, or minsan yeah. very subtle eh. Parang kumbaga institutionalized siya. mm, -mm. May mga tao talaga na, you know, they have the best intentions, pero parang lumaki sila with a certain uh, belief, parang automatic na sa kanila na may mga konting microaggressions na they don't know microaggressions yeah. pala. This mm -hmm. is true. Yeah, well, 
you know, the world is pretty effed up right now, which is why we are trying to find a greener place. Do you think that Germany is the greener side for you? Ooh, with the recent situation with Ukraine and Russia, yes. it, it's a bit less green in my eyes. <laughs> oh. So... Why? Because if anything happens, you know, the, that conflict, that war could extend here, right? But in general, I would say it is, I would say the grass is quite green here. You get more for the effort that you put in. Like I can't imagine being able to achieve the same stability I could in the Philippines for the same amount of effort and also the same work-life balance. I, I just cannot see that happening in the Philippines. Although I do know it is achievable. Just, I guess you need to be more privileged or you need to hustle for longer before you get there. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. Uh, I think it is achievable in the Philippines, but you have to have a certain kumbaga, upbringing. And I think the thing with these uh, countries that have been deemed greener sides for, by our interviewees is that there is just more equality or mm-hmm. equity ba, or more opportunities for people regardless of your status to actually be in a good place. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for allowing again yourself to be interviewed about Germany. <laughs> thank you as well. I hope the information was useful. Yes. And oh, naman, do you have any last words, parting words, any advice for our um, aspiring Kababayans who want to work in Germany? If you want to work in Germany, definitely I would advise finding a company that can help with relocation or if not, j- just if they are willing because then you can find other Filipinos who can help you with the details of the process. If you would like to work in Germany, there is a bunch of cities that you can consider, you know, like Munich, Frankfurt, Berlin. They're all quite different and they have different characteristics. If you want a pretty diverse area, go for Berlin. And of course, you might also want to consider further studies to get work because that that is a really great stepping stone and it really gets your foot in the door getting a German master's degree or PhD. That's even easier than finding work from abroad. I'm, you might have to start a little bit from scratch, but it's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, if some people here are thinking about studying in Germany, we have a link in the show notes that shows you uh, the student visas in Germany with Dipahe. And you can listen to that on the link. Thank you guys for listening. If you like this podcast, just give us some five stars, please. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, email us, buy us a coffee, send us an audiogram. Yes, and me a message. I always like receiving messages. Thank you, everyone. See you in the next two weeks. I'm Kring Lakson with Karen Banzon, and this is The Greener Side. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.